Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of There's Just Something About Kansas City. We talk uh, and have conversations about the people, places, and things that make this such a great place to live. And my guest today is the one and only Bobby Lee Bell. And he is one a, and only. <laughs> the one and only Bobby Lee Bell, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I mean, the accolades just go on and on and on. You're the um, 66 on the top 100 greatest football players to ever play in the National Football League, which is just incredible. Of course, you're, like I said, you're in the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. You're in the Chiefs Hall of Fame, and um, you've just uh, you, you've had a journey. To get here, Bobby, and that's what we want to talk a little bit about today. Well, God has been good to me, man, I tell you. It's been, I don't know, you know, a little young kid, you know, didn't have too much to do down in Shelby, North Carolina, you know. Yeah, let's talk about Shelby a little bit. What was that like? What's your earliest memory of uh, of Shelby? Now, I know your mom and dad, Pink and Zanny, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that you're going to take your way back. That's a long ways back. To it her. sure Eight, is. In fact, 83 years back. Yes, it was That's 83 years time. ago. Yes. Yeah, knock on wood. Come yeah. over here and let me hit your head. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've always known that about me anyway. So, <laughs> No, it's been, uh, God, like I said, God's been good, man. Uh, no one anticipate that Bobby Bell from Shelby, North Carolina, lose six-man football in uh, what I guess there's maybe 9,000 people in the whole city counting mm-hmm. dog, cats, and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but uh, it's my, really, you know, just think about it. I look back, and, you know, I, I think about this all the time, you know, now since, you know, in high school. Well, uh, they, the school that all segregated, 168 in the whole school from first grade to. And it was 12. segregated at that yeah, time. It was, yeah, it was all segregated, you know. Had no idea, you know. Can you imagine? In 1959 was the first time I really started playing with white kids. Wow. That was at Minnesota, see. Right. But never play against them. I right. played with them, you know. Well, I played with them some, but never. You actually have a, a team together. Yeah. Oh, it's. And, uh, hey, hey, um, I know. Gives you chills when you think about it a little bit, doesn't it? After, well, yeah, after you know, because time, you yeah. think about it, you know, people bring it up, you know, because, like I said, I just turned 83, you know, a couple, three or four days ago, and uh, I think about it, 83, you know, I look around, you know, in the last year or two, you know, I lost about, you know, 10, 11 guys that I played against and friends and right. my brother and Pam, my wife. It just. God, it blows your way. Yeah, it does. As you age, it's tough. You yeah, know? you know. And I look back, you know, I'm going back to, like, the Super Bowl, you know. God, oh, honey, I met, you know, Jim Brown was out there, and I talked to, you know, Jim and Dave Wilcock, you know, and next thing I know, two, two months later, both of them was gone. Yeah, it, it, it's That's amazing how. Is, yeah. And, you know, you, you can look back on the six-man football, and I think you went, eventually went to 11-man football there at, at, at Cleveland High School, right? That last year, yeah. The last year you went to 11-man football. And the, the amazing thing is you played quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> okay? And, and, and we will talk about that as we go along here. But you actually played quarterback for a football team. You made All-State as the quarterback. God, yeah, we had six guys. <laughs> we actually didn't have we didn't have about nine guys on the whole team. <laughs> no, I, I think we had eleven, maybe. We didn't have enough to scrim, you know, practice. To scrimmage. 
<laughs> guess that, each other. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. So now when you're being recruited, okay, um, what people don't realize in this day and age, a lot of the schools below the Mason-Dixon line were still all segregated. And you lived in North Carolina, and I'm sure the head football coach in North Carolina was salivating to get you to go to North Carolina, but he couldn't because North Carolina was still a segregated football team at, at I'm sorry, the whole University of North Carolina was segregated. At that yeah, time. basically yeah. it was. Yeah, you know, only way that I can get to go to North Carolina, I'd be waiting on tables. Yeah, <laughs> so, gosh. No, you know that's a you know going back to that. Uh, Lake Jim Taylor was a co- coach for North Carolina, and you know and he's I, a great Green Bay Packers fullback, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that uh, you know he came over and watched me play in the All Star game, and when I played in the All Star game, they had two great quarterbacks. So I'm sitting on the bench, you know, and, and the coach finally at the first of the quarter, you know, I guess the first quarter, you know, in the middle of it, he said, "Bell, you 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 halfback." I said, "I'll play." You know, go out and play. <laughs> Whatever you want. We got two great quarterbacks in front of me, you know, so I goes in at the game. I never came out of the game. I got most valuable player of the game. I scored a couple of touchdowns, you know, <laughs> and that's when late Jim Taylor, and I'm trying to think of who the coach, the other coach from uh, Notre Dame, I think it was, uh, Michigan State or something, saw me. They Duffy s- Darty, maybe? Yeah. Saw me play, you know, in the game, you know, and they go, wow. So late Jim Taylor, and you were playing halfback at that time. You yeah, halfback, and, and late Jim Taylor looked and went, "Wow!" And he ended up calling Coach Warmack at Minnesota at, at the University of Minnesota. So North Carolina and the schools in the South can't take you, okay? Yeah. Because they're they're so good. Did any of the HBCUs, uh, you know, the historically black uh, colleges and universities, did they did they reach out to you at that well, time? Because I, I, I know that's where a lot of, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're going to get to the NFL. That's where a lot of those players who ended up with the Kansas City Chiefs, as a matter of fact, ended up coming from. Well, you know, like A&T, Gremlin, you know, Morgan, uh, Prairie View, you know. Mm-hmm. I had people call, but also it's a lot of small school, you know, around North Carolina called me. But uh, at that time, you know, my dad, you know, never finished school and said, you know, and I looked, you know, yeah, I don't know what to do, you know. So, so I figured I might end up at A&T or either Grambling. Yeah, North Carolina A&T or Yeah, so right. I go, well, okay. Next thing I know, uh, late Jim Taylor called my principal and said, you know, is uh, can you have any film work and stuff like that on Bobby Bell? And he <laughs> said, yo, film work, yeah. He said, no, nah, we don't have no film work. He said, well... He said, but I can go to Shelby Star and get a couple of pitches. <laughs> <laughs> he said, but he said, if if you can get some film work, I'd like to, you know. See him. See him mm-hmm. and send him to Minnesota. And the coach Walmart going, man, let's see something. I don't know. I can't take your word for it. He said, right. hey, man, if the kid can play ball. Yeah. And how big were you then? Do you remember coming out? Were you, you 6'3"? Were you already? I was about 6'3". Two six, yeah. About okay, six, you, you two, right six, in three, there. Yeah, right. I right in there, and uh, you know, that was it. Yeah. So, I, I guess when did you go visit the University of Minnesota before well, you that, signed the scholarship? Well, what happened is that the uh, we didn't have no pictures, nothing like that, and the coach at Minnesota going, "Wait a minute, we can't just take this guy," <laughs> and he and uh, late Jim Taylor said, "If you got one scholarship, give it to him." He said. 
He's going to make your team, Big Ten. He said, also, he'd take you to Rose Bowl and all this. And Coach would go, well, if he's that good, man, I'd like to see this kid. You know, <laughs> but the funny thing, he didn't want to take his word for it. So somebody called the, the white coach at the Shelby High mm-hmm. and asked him, would he look at me, you know, if, I sent, if he don't send me over there and let him just look at me. And that's what I did. Yeah. I went over there, and I was going around, wow, this is great. High school, you know, never never been on the he saw me throw the ball, pass the ball, you know, did some running, you know. And at that time, I didn't realize it, but they had the, high, the Shelby High School had the uh, track. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we didn't have no track. And so they had one player out there practicing, you know, running, you know. And after after we got through working out and stuff like that, he said, uh, let me see you run. She said, kid over there, he's getting ready to take off there. He said, go with him. Run, run around the track with him, and uh, I'm going to watch you. He said, you try to keep up with him. And it took off and ran. I didn't know anything. I was running around. You just took off after took him, right? Him, yeah, right behind him, you know. Yep. And finally, the kid went around, you know. He kept going, you know. I'm right behind him, you know, looking at the coaches. Coach kept waving, you know, kept <laughs> waving. And right at the last, I didn't know it. He was a mile. The last lap, the coach looked at me and he said, hey, come on. Take off, after. take off, and I go wow. I pull up behind him, you know. And he said he kept saying, waving his hand. I passed him. Come on back, run. <laughs> this is for and the mile. <laughs> I didn't realize everybody in the stand had stopped and started looking. And when I came back in, I said, "Wow, did I do all right?" He goes, "Did you do all right?" He said, "You know that kid you just passed going over there?" I said, "Yeah. What, what about it?" He said he was the state championship in a mile. Wow. And I go, okay. <laughs> I don't, Coach, I'm, you want me to run track now or do you want me to play football? football Which was, yeah. <laughs> I just beat him. That's how he, he said, everybody st- I looked up there and everybody stopped working out and they start watching. <laughs> I was, just, I was just, when he said, come on, I, I looked at the kid and passed him up. Yeah. Come on. Did, so you never really had to run the 40 up to that point ever, right? No. Well, today it's all, you know, timing in the 40 and all, and that, stuff. all that sort of well, stuff. We didn't have yeah. no clock once. <laughs> you didn't have a stopwatch, did you? So you decided to do the mile Miles instead. Miles <laughs> up. So then Murray Warmath has one scholarship left at the University of Minnesota. He gives it to you. And it. then the rest is history at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. So you had a great career at the University of Minnesota. Well, yeah, you know, I ended up, I never been on, can you imagine? I never been on a plane. <laughs> had one scout went there, and I looked at, they had all, I had never seen that many people, you know, first time got there. Right, the, the campus <laughs> had more, like five times the number of people as your hometown. Well, yeah, it had yeah, five times, you're right. We had, mm-hmm. I think it was about 50 some thousand people at the campus, you know. <laughs> And I'm going like, wow. And I called my dad. I said, Dad, if they give me a scholarship, man, I, can I come here? Can I go? You know, without even thinking. I said, yeah. oh, yeah. And my dad said, yeah. He said, you want to go there? If they give me a scholarship, go. He said, go for it. Yeah. And I just I just walked around just kept looking, man. I'd never seen it. Now, how long did it take? And before we do that, now, I think this is when they gave it to you. I think your, your mom and dad, I think who worked really hard uh, to make ends meet for your family in Shelby, North Carolina. I think your dad gave you a watch. Oh, yeah. Right? Did, didn't well, he give you, know, you a what watch? Happened, what happened? Yeah. 
What happened there is uh, I told them, yeah, you know, I went home. Got home you went home. You, they, you told Minnesota yes. Yeah, okay. I said, yeah. I mean, if they give me a – I said, I'll take it, you know. I went back home. So when the time for me to go back to university, you know, and they told me uh, it's cold. They said it's supposed to be cold. So I packed up some winter clothes and, and stuff like that. I said, should I bring it? They said, no, you can ship that stuff. You know, he said, you got plenty of time. When I went back in the summer – so when my dad finally took me to the airport and put me on the plane to come back up to Minnesota, he said to me, son, he said, I know you, you want to see the world and everything. He said, I'm going to give you this. I got something for you. He reached in his pocket, never had it, pulled out a gold bullet watch and gave it to me. He said, hey, I want you to be on time. He said, I'm going to give you my last name, Bell. He said, don't screw it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> he said something else. You know? Yeah, sure. Absolutely he did. Oh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> Remember, we're in a podcast. You can say whatever you want, Bobby. So you're, <laughs> you're, said, you're good to go. Oh, he says, don't, you know. Split, yeah, you know. sure. And I go, yes, sir. And, and as I was getting ready to walk away from it, he said, now, if you still want to see the world, don't you come back here. Wow. If you want to see the world. And I thought, wow, he kicked me out of the house and mm-hmm. all this stuff. It took me a while to figure out what he really mean. If I, I figured it out when I got to college, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he did not want you to come back and have the life that he had. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted you to be. He said, if you want to see the world, right. you cannot stay here. Like some of the kids are leaving, they come back there and they, they're standing on the corner shooting pool and stuff yeah. like that. He said, don't come back here. And it, that, that's, wow, it hurt me. I thought maybe he kicked me out. And mm-hmm. I don't, don't, but you know, he was right. Yeah, he, he was. That He's, was, and and you followed you followed that, oh, that yeah. tenant the whole way for the rest. When of When I your got life. there, you know, and you know, the thing about it, you know, is that uh, when I got to Minnesota, you know, and I really figured it out. And my in my school was that small, and and to be in a class, you know. I had to I had to make adjustments, you know. People didn't realize I had to make a big adjustment. Mm-hmm. I had to learn. I spent most of my time in the in the freshman library, you know, because the coach, the uh, the the books they gave me in my school, you know, and I was competing against kids all over the world, all over the country, you know, and I'm going like this. And one of my class, I walked in was 200 in it. That was more people than we had in the school, you know? right? And I had another class was five thousand. <laughs> Where did you do that one? In that the was gym? no, that was in the auditorium. Oh wow! And I couldn't. I go wow. I'm sitting in there going looking around, and you go wow. I had to stay in the library, freshman library. I was in the freshman library every night, just about trying to keep up with the other kids because right. a lot of the kids was that they had coach coach. They had books that they was studying in college, you know, in high school. Mm-hmm. High school didn't do that to me. Right. They just gave me the basic stuff. And 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 while we're on, on the education part, before we get to the football part, you left University of Minnesota and you were three courses short of graduating from the University of Minnesota. Well, but you had promised I had your about dad three, and mom. It was about three or four credits short, you know. Okay. And it was a co- it was a class that I I was supposed to take the year before my senior year. Mm-hmm. And it was during the season, and I would miss 30 minutes of practice if I took that class. And the coach said, no, you can take it later. 
and I never took that course. Oh, but you did. And oh yeah, I did. I went in the spring, you know, my senior year, I was all American, everything. I played in all the pro world games. So I forgot about it. So I got in, boom, played pro. And I go, wow, that never, never, never looked thought bad. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I told my dad when I left, he said, You going to this big school? He said, Yeah. I said, Dad, I'm going to get my degree. And he goes, Yes, I'm going to get my degree. And I had something to prove to myself. And also, you know, I went when I went there, I also went for Bobby Bell, but I also went for my brother, sister, my dad, mom, and everybody in Shelby. Yeah. I, I could not let them down. The people, the black families and stuff, you know, I cannot let them. I said, when I leave, I said, I'm, go, I'm going for them yeah. also. You took the whole city on your I shoulders took it with you. I took the whole city. You know, it took me a while to figure it out, but I ended up, that's what I did. Yeah, and then you went back how many years later and got those three credits? Well, when I turned 74. It's <laughs> <laughs> so almost 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. And so, I looked at, you know, in my man cave, you know, I looked up on the wall, you know, and I say, I got everything. I got everything. And I said, hell, God almighty. I said, something's missing. I promised my dad that I get my degree. Yeah. So I went back. To, I said, I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get it. It's 74. So when I, I go to the games up there all the time. In fact, I, I also have a scholarship, an endowed scholarship. Yeah, that's too. right. You did. And um, everything is there. I mean, I played All-American. I did the Rose Bowl, Big Ten champ, come <laughs> in third. And all. I got all this stuff on the board. You know, I came in third at the Heisman Trophy. Heisman Trophy, Trophy. absolutely. Yeah. And I looked up on the board and I go, wow, man. I looked up here and I said, I got to get my dad a degree. So when I one day I was at the football game, so I asked one of the guys. I said, "Hey, I got to check. I got to get my degree. I got to figure out what." And I t told one of the guys. The guy went back. It took him a m month to figure it out because everything's done in pencils. Pencil, yeah. They couldn't even <laughs> find your files, could they? <laughs> <laughs> they went back. They did though. They yeah. found. They said, "Oh my gosh, man! You, you had three credits here. At one course, you needed." I go, "Oh yeah." I said, "God," I said, "I'm getting it." So how'd they let you take it? Well, at that time now, you can take it online. Online, yes. You know, I was going back. I was going to go back to school for a quarter. That would have been fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the guy, they called me up and said, oh, man, you can do this. This is not. You I said, well, really? Yeah. And I asked him, I said, okay, how much is it going to cost me? I don't think they were going to charge you a dime of credit, were they? Zero. They, zero. They said this is part of your scholarship. That is awesome. And I said, no. I said, no, I'll pay for it. No. They said, no. So what I ended up doing is taking uh, three or four credits. I took more than that, you know. Yeah. And I went back online, you know. I said, oh, this is crazy. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to, to do it online, I never did it like this, you know. And I had one thing. I had some stuff I had to do online, you know, and uh, – I said, well, I can't, I don't know how to do this. So I, I go, I called Jane Martin from the Chiefs, mm -hmm. you know. I said, I got to do this point, point thing, you know, all this stuff. She said, oh, that's easy. She said, let me explain it to you. You say, easy, Bob, you can do it. I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm coming to your office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it there. <laughs> I'm going to do it there on your computer. That is said, awesome. Let me do it. 
she said, well, you can come up here. And I came there. It was, uh, I, oh, God, I can't remember now. It was about the, uh, I, I don't know. It was, <laughs> and I did it, you know. It was long, you know. It was longer than what it's supposed to be. Sure. And I sent it off to the teacher, you know. And she said, I said, I know it's long. He said, but I had to get it into you. She looked at it and she said, we're going to use the whole thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. And I ended up, uh, I never made the dean list. I took enough credit to make the dean list. To make the dean's list. I made the dean list. And uh, and all I wanted was my degree. And uh, so when I, it, I said, did I pass? Did I get my degree? They, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get a call from the president of the university. And they said, yeah, Mr. Bell said, uh, I'd like to have you. He said, hey, you get your degree. He said, but we want you to walk. I said, no, I don't need that. I just want my degree, man. Said, I'm not coming back up there <laughs> putting a robe on. I just want my degree. He said, nope. Nope, nope you're coming. You're coming. What was that like for you? To put that robe on and walk across the stage like the other students. After all those years. Hey man, it was it was it was nice. It was unbelievable. I mean, I have never when he he said it and the president said, I am the keynote speaker. The place was packed. And I got my robe and he said, You gotta come in at least three or four hours more early. I said, for what? He said, we have about 30, 40 newspapers from all over the United States of mm -hmm. America. They want to interview you. I said, well, I'm not going to sit down and interview all these guys. So what I said, okay, I'll come in. I came in two hours, three hours before all the things started. And I sat at the table, and they had them all. I had the mics up. You know, I said, I'll do it one time, you know. I did it for them. And I, when I did it, you know, it was just, it just blew me away. Yeah, and you still had Shelby, North Carolina, wrapped around your shoulders, yeah. on top of your shoulders at that point. That had to make you feel good, and I'm sure you had to flash back to mom and dad and the well, watch I, I was. and dad and the whole thing. It just so when I end up in the when I end up sitting in, I was sitting out all these people, and when it got to my group, they wanted me to go first, and I said, no, I'm not going first. So they. Some uh, who was a lady girl in front of me went first, and then I was second. And when I came up second, you remember Sandy Stevenson, the yes. quarterback? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. His sister works there. Uh huh. She came to the mic, and she she started calling off names. She gonna start calling off names. And when I walked up on the stage and I was second, she looked. You know, she went like, "Oh my gosh." My brother is here. Oh, yeah. You know, we all had to stick together because we didn't have a five blacks at the university playing football. And she never called my name. She said, my brother is here and started reading her things. And never called my name. And I walked up on the stage. <clears throat> I got a standing more. Everybody in the place stood up. It took me 10, 15 minutes to get across the stage. Wow. Every professors that was in the group in robes and stuff, they came down and they shook my hand as I went. It took me 15, 20 minutes to get off the stage. Wow. That's incredible. Well deserved, too, at and that I, point. You know, and... Uh, what an inspiration, too, for people. Oh, 
Hey, I had, guess what I had on my wrist? Your watch. My gold watch. <laughs> you bet you did. It still runs. I still have it. And I looked up and said, Dad, I'm on time. And everybody going, what was that supposed to be? That's, you know, my gold watch. Absolutely, yeah. You know that uh, I got calls from all over. I got plaques on my wall, too. And I, I'm thinking about it, you know. Is that at the New York Times? Big spread. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. They did a big story. It went, it went all, oh, all over the world. I had people writing me, calling me mm-hmm. from all over the world. And I had people calling me saying, hey, man, I'm going back to school. You did it at 74, you know. And uh, I just, oh, guys. I mean, I think about it, you know, and I, I think about my dad, you know, my mom, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I realized, I didn't realize that we were poor until I got left, you know. Because my mom and dad always had, we had food. Yeah. Had clean clothes, house yeah. clean. Yep. You know. And, and your dad, you, you know, your dad picked cotton? And, and your mother was a housekeeper, right? My my dad worked at the textile mill. Textile you know, mill? The people that kind of raised him, they raised him. And he, what he did, worked at the uh, textile mill where they take cotton, turn it into yarn. And yes, ship, right. And ship it all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, a long time I started working with my dad when I was 12 years old. I started going up. I asked him, I said, why do you get up at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning? He said, oh, I got I got to go by the office. He cleaned the office. He chauffeured the car. And we never owned a car. He always had a, a car there, but mm-hmm. I thought it was our car. But it was a company car. It was a company car. Yeah. All, and, all the things they did for you, you know? Yeah. And you paid them back. Oh, I mean, yeah. you certainly paid them back. <laughs> so, you know, that's when I was 12 or 13. I was, I was, can I go with you? I want to see what they did at work. He cleaned the office, you know? Yeah. And I go up there and I say, oh, I help him. And finally, when I did it for about five, six months, the guy started said, the, the, one of the guys said, well, we need to pay him. And I never forget, you know, I got a check in the mail for, 12, I think it was 12 or $12. Wow. Yeah. I got a check for $12. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely amazing. And I think going with your dad to work a little bit gave you the motivation to do what you eventually did with your life when you left Shelby, North Carolina, right? Well, yes, and because what happened is that once I got that twelve dollars, you know, I said, "Wow, that's my money. I'm on earning it, you know." And then I wanted to do more work, and mm-hmm. every time something happened, come out, an extra work, you know, fourteen years old, I could do it. They made me clean up the trash bin. Then I start. They say, "Hey, can I do something else?" And then they, I got a lawnmower and started cutting grass around the mill and stuff, you know, chopping. Oh, that I went out to the country club. Where they, the Dovers live, you know, cut the yard. And that's when I watched them play golf. Yeah. On the golf course at the, in Shelby. And I always asked my dad, you know, I said, Dad, you know, hey, you think I will be able to play golf like that? At that time, black skin didn't play in the golf course. Right. And then I turned around and asked him, said, you think it's ever possible to live on the golf course? And my dad always, oh, yeah, son, you can do it. You, you can do it. Yeah. Right. He kept saying that. He, never, he, never. He always kept that dream alive. He he kept your hope alive. That's oh, what yeah. he did. And yeah. he's always said that, you know. And so when I got the first check, you know, I want to work more and more and more. And when I got to enough money for a hundred dollar bill, I go get a hundred dollar bill. I would never. I wouldn't break it. 
Wow. And that's how I started off. And since I was 13, then I got another job car hopping with barbecue, Red Bridge Barbecue. Red Bridge I, Barbecue, yes. I started doing that, you know. I couldn't even get the tray up there hard. I started. I made money off the tips. And I, I got tip money before I got a check because I never, they asked me for my Social Security number. I didn't have it. <laughs> so for like eight months, wow. I didn't ever give my Social Security. They said, well, you got to give us a Social Security number so we can give you a check. Give you a check. Yeah. I was making enough of money off my tips, you know, and stuff like that. You know, there's, you know, I think there's one, and when, when you're there at the barbecue, you know, you still had the segregated water fountains. Uh, you still couldn't go in the front door. No. Right? You had to go in the back door. You had to do, you hey. had to do all those things. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you overcame all those. You, you're a lifeguard. I, I think one of your, your other big, the, the other thing you really loved was the, the sport of baseball. And you were actually oh, yeah. drafted by the Chicago White Sox to play baseball. Well, they didn't. They they can't. They didn't. I didn't. They didn't draft me, but they they saw me play because we. Had, I was a better baseball player in Charlotte, you know, in a, in a little black tournament. Tournament, uh-huh. you know. They saw me and they came up, and asked me, said, "Hey, you think you want you want to play baseball?" I said, "Man, I said what? I don't know these people." And they said, well, we, we, we with the organization with White Sox, we, we'd like to send you to a farm said, play baseball. Mm-hmm. He said, we think you can play. And I go, wow. I ran home, told my dad. I said, dad, I'm going to play baseball. He said, I thought you wanted to go to school, a big school play and all football. that stuff. And they had play football. I said, yeah, but uh, they want me, you know. He said, well, why are you going to do that? I said, I can go make some money and help you out. He said, we don't need no help. He said, boy, you go, you go play baseball, you're not going to go to school like you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And he said, no. I said, oh, I begged him, you know. He said, no, you think about it. He said, it's going to be up to you. So I decided, okay. And, but I, I'm glad I did wait because they, got, <laughs> I, they, they gave me an opportunity to, you know, see me play football, and I got a chance to go. Yeah. I wouldn't change that, you know. Yeah, oh, well, obviously I don't think you, you would change that at this point. You, you certainly made the right decision. When you're at Minnesota, uh, they switched to the defense uh, defensive line. So, what were, what were your thought? What was your thought process when they did that? Well, you know, I, you know, I went there. I was a quarterback, you know, I played, you know, and uh, I asked them. I asked them when I got there, Coach Warren. I said, uh, the baseball team was the national champs at one time. Minnesota national champ. I said, can I play baseball too? He goes, Oh yeah, you can play baseball. So, I, my freshman year as a quarterback. I mean, you know, the thing. And the freshman couldn't play varsity in those that, days. That, yeah, you couldn't play. I ran the other team plays against the varsity. Against the varsity guys, yeah. And uh, he used to get on me about, they gave me the play, and I said, okay, this way. And when they t- run the plays, I'm the quarterback. I said, hey, you can't, Phew, I'm going. He said, run the play right. I said, this is the way it goes, coach. <laughs> that's what happened. If I be- can play quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this is the way. It-. I said, no, but I saw this. He- he said, you're not running right. And they look at the play and they say, well, I guess he did run it right. They, didn't, they couldn't stop me. Right. You know, they couldn't stop me. So, you know. Yeah, that's. Uh, it, so, it's, it's crazy, you know. So, so when, did they, when did they decide? Was it spring football they decided to switch you? Well, yeah. He, they had the, they had the uh, spring ball came up. I figured they was going to do it, you know. So I go, okay. When I came up. Spring ball, you know, and he's, I go, wait a minute, I didn't see my name at the quarterback, you know. But I went up, and he's come up to his, when he's off, he said, uh, Bell said, uh, I have decided 
that I want my greatest players all on the same team at the same time. On defense. Defense, offense, you know. He, oh, I see. To go both ways, go yeah. Both, we went both ways right. yeah, on the field at the same time. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm switching you to offensive tackle and defensive end. I said, coach, I never played that. I said, well, are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought he was kidding. Nope, he didn't. Wow. But that's what he did. Yeah. He switched me. I said, hey, coach, I ain't. And I, in my mind, I'm not going home. I can't let my parents down and say, hey, I can't, you know. I play in it. I told him. I said, "You got you coach me. You know, I can I'll, play. I'll play wherever you want." Yeah. So you go. Um, let's see. You're a two-time All-American, uh, Outland Trophy winner, third in the Heisman voting back in those days. It was incredible. 1960 national champs. Played in the 61 and 62 Rose Bowls, um, and uh, you know your 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 legacy there is incredible because you do endow a a chair at the University of Minnesota and it's uh, or a scholarship at the University of Minnesota and so you you certainly left your your legacy there at the University of Minnesota didn't you Well yeah you know the thing is I go up there all every year I go up there in fact I already made arrangements to go up there this year uh you know I'm going up in well I'll probably go three or four times but in November Kansas City's playing up there Yes right Playing and the Vikings. We, and, and Minnesota's playing Michigan on Saturday. On Saturday. <laughs> so I'll, I'll fly up there Saturday and spend the night and play and go to the Vikings game. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – oh, oh, God, man. I'm going back, you know, when they – I guess when I when they switched me, you know, I just say, oh, God, this is not going to work. But the thing is, though, Sandy Stevens was a black quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he was the first black All-American quarterback. Right. And uh, when I got on the team, I, it moved me to tackle. I played tackle, defense, end, and also I sent the ball. Yeah, you're a long snapper yeah. for a long time. You ended up doing that with the Chiefs as well. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, I know. It, it's yeah. it's just incredible. Okay, so now we're going to go, okay, so now you're coming out of school. And now pro football is calling. In those days, you had the NFL. And the AFL, okay? There and two, Canada. And, and the Canadian Football right. League. And they were all separate leagues. They were not they were not joined right. at the time. So how, how did that work for you? Who from the NFL side came after? And, of course, we know at least that the Kansas City Chiefs were after you as well, as long as probably some other teams were as well. Well, the Vikings. I was drafted by the Vikings, I think it was second round. Everybody thought I was going to go because I was All-American all there. At University of Minnesota, 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 yeah. And, all that. and everybody was just saying, you know, you remember Sid Hartman. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, Sid, you know, hell, man, that's it. Because I got to tell you the story about Sid Hartman, though. Sid Hartman would not interview me. The in, reason? In college, my first one. And, uh, and the thing about Sid Hartman, you know, was that the Sid uh, – Say, Coach Woman, why would you waste a scholarship on a kid down in North Carolina that you never seen play, and you got all these kids in Minnesota, you know, Wisconsin, around here, that you know you can give them a scholarship. Why would you waste it? And the coach never would talk to him about it, you know. And when I came there and started playing my freshman year. Sid Hartman would never interview me because I went up to him. He interviewed all the other freshmen and stuff. Yeah. Like that. And Sid, I asked him one day, 
I said, Sid, Sid. I said, Sid, why don't you interview me? Why don't you ever interview me? And I thought, I felt bad, you know. What did I do? He goes, hey, God darn it, Bell, you have to earn the rights. <laughs> you know, you have to earn the right for me to speak to you or interview you and walked away. He hurt me. I said, oh, okay, man. Well, I'm going to earn it then. <laughs> I said, okay, man. So my sophomore year, they said it wouldn't be a sophomore make the first two teams. And I sat in my room with Bill Munson and said, man, I'm going to make this team. They started me. They had seven. Uh, they had 12 teams. It gave me. I was on the 12th team. You had to work your way up. And I worked. I started working my way up, and I got to about the third. I had broke my finger, and I wouldn't tell the trainer because I figured he'd put me back down on the next thing. I don't work. I used to ask one of the kids, white, one of the white kids, "Can you get me some tape?" And I used to tape my finger up myself, you know. And finally, I worked my way up to the third team. And they said, no, Sid Harvey said, hey, it's not going to be a sophomore make the first two teams. He wrote that in his paper. <laughs> and the next thing I know, one of the kids went in and told Snapper, the trainer, I still remember the trainer, God almighty, said, you know, Bobby Bell got his finger. He said, I think his finger's broken his hand. You know, he, I've been giving him tape. Snapper said, really? He comes out there and told me, Bell, bring your butt in here. Come here, let me see what you. I said, no, no, I'm okay, okay. I didn't want to let nobody know. I said, no, no, I'm okay. He looked at it, taped it up. I goes back on the field. Next thing I know, I'm on the second team. And Sid Hartman, you go, uh, he ain't said nothing. And I said, I'm, I'm beating everybody in front of me. Boom, boom, boom. And the, when the game started, the first game, the, the Minnesota started that year. Coach Woman told. Coach said, hey, listen, you go down and tell Bell he's starting. I said, he came down there at the game. I'm sitting there, and I told Bill, I was sad, man. I go, oh, man, I know I made this team. I know it. That was my goal. And when he told me that I was starting, you know, I started every game. And Sid, <laughs> Sid came up to me one day. <laughs> hey, Bell, come here. I want to interview you. I told him, I said, I said Sid, look at me. You have to earn the right to walk away from him, you know. And he just said, what, what, what? He followed me around. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to him. I, that's a true story. I believe you. Hey, I Absolutely, told him Absolutely, yeah. My sophomore year. That's great. We made it Big Ten, Rose Bowl. Right. You were always, uh, you're, all, you're always motivated. You always like to have that yeah. carrot out in front of you. You always yeah. had that in the, in, in the back of your mind. So you graduate, and the, the teams are, are coming around. So talk about Minnesota grabs you, and w how did the Chiefs thing happen for you? Well, it wasn't the Chiefs. It was Dallas, Texas. They were the Dallas Texans. I'm sorry, Dallas Texans then. That's right. It was Dallas Texans. I, right, exactly. I didn't know anything about them, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, I never talked to anybody but Lamar. He came to Minnesota. The owner know? of the team. Yeah. <laughs> He came to Minnesota, and when he came to Minnesota, you know, he came over and visit, you know, I said, Lamar Hunt. Okay, okay, Lamar Hunt. I'm just looking around. Okay, Lamar Hunt. Who's Lamar Hunt? Yeah, <laughs> you know, at that time, I think Lamar was like 29 years old. Yeah, he was. Yes. And I'm going like, okay. He said, all right. He said, hey, hey, Bell said, uh, where's the ice cream? Good ice cream place. He loves ice cream. Yeah. Right? He had to, I took him down University Avenue. 
got him some ice cream. He said, I want you to be part of my family. So your family, so yeah, Dallas, Texas, team. So oh, yeah, I just went like, yeah, yeah, I'm going along with him, man. Sure. Yeah. And that's how he, if you say, what is it going to take to get you? I don't know. I have no idea. Don Knutson and Mr. Lang, Don Knutson is a real estate company mm -hmm. that built half it down. He built the dome and all that, all the high rise. Down in Minneapolis. Yeah, mm -hmm. in Minneapolis. And uh, he, he owned about uh, three mortgage companies, you know, mm -hmm. four or five mortgage companies and all that. He's, I mean, he, was, he, was, he, was, he became like a father to me. He told my dad, he said, I'll keep him straight. Right. And he was like a father. He's the one that negotiated the contract. I didn't have no idea. And it's funny. He's the Minneapolis guy, and he's negotiating a contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sorry, the Dallas Texans, and not the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. you know, which probably – that probably made a few people irate. Did you have any trepidations at all of going back to the South? Okay, Dallas, Texas was – it's a little different than being in Alabama, Mississippi, North or South Carolina, well, or Georgia. Know, I've been out but, of the South for about four years. Yeah, right, so you <laughs> so, sort of forgot. <laughs> I said, no, I'm going down South. Oh, well, you know, I still – I didn't look at it that way, I guess. I just Yeah. Okay, because I was just a young kid. Sure. I'm from 22 Dallas, years old. Yeah. I'm down there going, like, wow, what's going on? I had no idea. Yeah. So it, I, I, I relied on Don. Don said, no, nah, we're – so he's he the one that did the contracts. I mean, talked to uh, – he also talked to uh, Sid Hartman and all that. So mm -hmm. he said, I'm looking, out for my, I'm looking out for Bobby's welfare. Yeah. What's best for him? You know, whether it's Minnesota uh, – Or Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas, you know. And, and I, I think Lamar sold John when he said family. He said family. Yeah, I think that was – He said, I want you to be key. part of the family. And he, he never did push it or nothing like that. What is it going to take? And I, you know, went back and forth and back and forth, you know, and, and I, I didn't say nothing hard. And Don didn't say that, you know, Lamar said, uh, you like to know what's, what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. Was the price better? Huh? Was the salary a little bit better in Minnesota was offering or? Uh, well, I don't know if the salary, because I, I didn't get into all that, you know, because okay. <laughs> the thing is that they were going back and forth. They didn't go back and forth, just go, throwing numbers, because. They just asked me, you know, at the time, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting on the table like this, head open my mouth, and uh, <laughs> Don looked at me and said, "What? Tell me, Bill, what do you think you should? What do you think you want to make?" That's so how I looked at me and I go, "Hmm, I don't know." I just looked up in the sky and said, "25,000." He said, and Don looked at me and said, "Well, what did you make this last year?" <laughs> I said, because mm, I worked for him. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> In the summertime, that's the only time you can work, you mm -hmm. know. I said, I don't know, I think I got, I think I made 2000 <laughs> He said, sure. he laughed. He said, 2000 huh? 2000 to 25000 Oh, well, God, that's a big job. And like, he laughed about it, you know. And uh, Lamar ain't said nothing, you know. Yeah. But to see what I asked for, though, and, and Coach Walmart told me if the Vikings – Want to sign me? Make sure that I get at least three year contract mm -hmm. and no cut, guaranteed. Money's guaranteed. And I said, and that was a very unusual contract in those days. They, they, the NFL don't give it. <laughs> right. And Van Brockham was the coach, and him and Van Brockham was tight. 
But he was, he took me in his office, closed the door and locked the door and told me, if the Vikings don't give you a guarantee for the three years, he said, don't take it. And they didn't. And they, buddy, buddy. And they, they gave me a three-year contract, but they said, Van Bryan said, we don't guarantee. NFL right, don't right. Guarantee if you that. got hurt, you wouldn't have, you yeah. wouldn't have collected on Nothing. the remainder of your contract. You wouldn't get that, and he can cut me any time. Right. At that time, you don't have that many blacks playing in the NFL. Right. And you don't have no black quarterbacks playing in the NFL. You don't – hey, nothing. So I'm sitting there and going, okay. And Van Brocken kept saying, ah, we'll, we'll take care of it. You'll take care of it. But they didn't. Lamar comes in and said, hey, what is it? And uh, Don said, we don't know if you're going to be around. You, the league has been around for two years. Mm -hmm. how, how long are you going to last? He said, we're going to be here. And that's when he asked Lamar, I said, whatever the contract is, you going to guarantee it? He said, if that's what it takes, I'll guarantee it. He said, no, we want you personally guarantee a contract. <laughs> And he and he did. He yeah. did do that. Yeah. And then, of course, you know Hank Stram, your your uh, you know your your great head coach back there. He always said uh, Bobby Bell could have played all twenty two positions and been uh, all time, you know, all AFL at any one of those positions that that, that he played. That was high praise from from uh, from the mentor. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was, you know, you know that's <laughs> I don't know. You know, like I said. Lamar, and it was just, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I think about it all the time, you know. It, when we did, and uh, Don told me, he said, you know, told me, he said, you need to f sign a contract December, the no later than December the 31st. And I said, well, I don't know why. Back then, that was 1962. I, my mm -hmm. contract signed in 1962 because I didn't make no money then, the bonus and all that stuff. It goes back in that. Right. And then I, my first year would be 63, and that's when they moved to Kansas City. But, see, I was sitting there, and when we agreed on a contract with Lamar in his office, and Sid Hartman went crazy trying to find me because he saw the Vikings had their luncheon, mm -hmm. and nobody was talking to Bobby Bell, and he already knew. I told him I was signing the contract before the 31st. And he looked around and he said, I don't see nobody signing. He went up there and said, well, you know, Bobby Bell, he said, I, I know Lamar's in town. I said, nobody's talking to Bobby Bell. He found me. He called me and said, Bobby, whatever it is, that I will get me some business guys to take care of the, the contract. Yeah, the rest in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, I said, oh, Don. I, I went, oh. <laughs> but I ended up signing. With, I didn't sign nothing because Lamar didn't have a contract. Right. He was is a man of his word, which you found out. I shook of his course. hand. I shook I his sh hand. I shook his hand in, the office, in, in, in his office, you know, and I looked at Don and I said, Don, no ink and no sign. And Don looked at me and said, he said, he shook your hand. Shook your hand. He said, hey, that's the deal. Right. That's the man of the word. Well, he, gets, he gets on the plane with me going to New York. <laughs> I go into New York. I said, okay. He said, where are you going tomorrow? I said, I got to fly to New York. I'm signing this, boom, boom, gone. He said, oh, I got to go to New York, too. We, we both flew on the same plane to Canada Airport. Wow. He asked me, he said, how are they, they picking you up? I said, no, I'm catching the cab. He thought they were going to have a limo. He's going to ride with me in the limo. 
You know? Instead, you end up riding with him in a cab, right? In a cab, you know. <laughs> and go through the toad. At that time, in 1962, I'm going to Ed Sullivan, Dunn, and uh, You're Johnny going to the All American show, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go, <laughs> I, I go, uh, cab. And the guy going to the toad, he reached over and said, You got to pay for the toad. And I looked at Lamar. He ain't moved. He's sitting in the back seat. You know? <laughs> I reached in my pocket and gave him. I gave him fifteen. I, I reached. I think it was fifteen. It was like fifteen cents or something like that. You know, I gave the cab fifteen cents. He went to Lamar Hunt's hotel first. He said, "You got, you got some cash on you." I'm sitting in the taxi. He knocked on. I said, "Yeah." He said, "Okay." And left. He got, he got, he to go he, the he's paying you twenty five thousand. You can at least work. No. <laughs> he goes down to the. I go to my hotel. I run in my hotel. I went, <laughs> went up to my hotel room. I get to my room. I said, I called Don. I said, Don, God Almighty, did I do the right thing? Don said, Yeah, you did the right thing. I said, Sign with Lamar. He said, I said, No, Lamar Hunt is broke. <laughs> He has no money. And Don said, what are you talking about? I had to pay for the cab and the toll. He didn't, get, he didn't have no money. <laughs> True story. Guess when, guess when he paid me? When? When I turned 60. He always write. You know, you ever seen his writing? I've, I've seen him write his little notes. Little yes. notes and stuff? All the he time. writes, a, I get a, my birthday, my birthday count when I turned 60. He had 15 cents taped in it. I oh, swear to you. I got, I got that. I showed it to Clark about four years ago. I said, I want to show you something. Wow. I took it to the, I took it with me to the Arrowhead. He looked at me and go, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. His dad also, he, he flew coach. He was notorious for. Oh, yeah. He's, he was one of the richest men in the world. Okay. Hey. You know, Lamar Hunt. It's the Hunt family and the whole deal. And. He's one of the richest men, and he flew coach all the time. He wore the same sport coat. He had that one blue blazer he wore all the time. Same and shoes. Same shoes. The whole, I know. He was, I, he was I, unbelievable. I, I, I've spent a lot of time with him at different functions and stuff. I mean, I came out of Dallas, and I did a function down there on Wednesday. The last plane, I caught the last plane coming back to Kansas City, Brannathan at that time. Mm-hmm. And look, and I, I was coming out, sitting there, and Lamar walks up. He's coming to Kansas City too. He always come on Wednesday, you know, because mm-hmm. he lived down there. He He's always a, he's, he comes up here on Wednesday, spend the you know three or four. Days Arrowhead had that suite. It's like yeah. it's like a home. There's like a yeah. a Hunt family yeah. home I'm, inside Arrowhead. Yeah, and uh, so I'm I'm sitting there going like wow, and I'm going like wow. Lamar walks in. I say hey, he's sitting there. I said Lamar. He said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Kansas City. He said, I'm going too. You want to? Yeah, same thing. Oh, that's good. You sit there. I said, Lamar, give me your ticket. I said, let's get a ticket together. And go, he said, okay. And we're up to the thing. And the guy had boot, he had kicked me up to first class. Yeah. So the guy gave me a ticket. For, I said, this is Lamar, huh? He said, why? Oh, What's he doing to coach anyway? This guy owns the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs now. <laughs> I gave him the ticket. So he had two seats in the first class. Gets on the plane. Lamar's in front of me. He's walking through the plane. He walked through first class. I said, Lamar, where are you going? I said, he said, oh, I'm back here. I said, Lamar, I told him, I said, only two seats ahead is sitting right here that we set together. He said, 
not back here? I said, no, they're right here. He sat there. That's amazing. He sat there. He, he, he was really an amazing guy. Right. Uh, so they transitioned from Dallas to Kansas City. You're involved in the transition. You get to Kansas City, and, uh, you know, you're making good money for, for, for that day. Now, you're, you're doing pretty well. I know you guys all ended up working – uh, off seasons and Who's stuff like good that. Money? Well, yeah, it's, it's okay for that time. We were up to thirty-five, forty-five thousand, right in there. No, there, no, 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 thirty-five. No, man. Well, you went out to go buy a house. No, let's go back to the. I uh, <laughs> going back to Don Knutson, you know. Okay, yeah. They. I, I I had six I think it was six thousand nine hundred dollars in my check for thirteen years. Every year from the chief. My first job was working for General Motors full time. And Dunn Dunn had them to defer my other oh, money. Oh, they were deferring all the other money. Okay. They def right. they deferred the money until I got out of football. Okay. And then when I got out of football That was football, very smart. They had to pay me for the next ten years. Okay. That so was, you that, pushed that it all down the road. Yeah, down. That was in 1962. <laughs> right. And I told Don I had to go get me a job, man. <laughs> Six thousand. And that's why. I mean, I worked for General Motors. Yeah, right. And then four times. Right. And then you. So then you get up here and you're going to settle in. You know you're going to be here for a while and you make an investment and you're going to try to buy a house. Explain the house buying situation here. In well, that Kansas was a good City. deal, man. That was. A, <laughs> I mean, they, everybody loved me, man. They, everybody wanted me to move into the neighborhood. <laughs> he says tongue in cheek. That's good. Go ahead. Yeah, right. Yeah, Bobby, come on down there. Yeah, Where's come you on down here? here, Bobby. Right. Anywhere you want to go. Man. That's in 1963, man. Right. You believe that? No, I don't believe that at all. Nah. You, you had a little bit of experience to try to get that house. Uh, well, I built a house. You know, everybody thought I was going to Minnesota. Don Knutson Construction Company, he set me up, and they built me. I got a house in White Bear Lake, you know. Everybody thought I was going to Minnesota, you know. Now, that wasn't happening. I came to Kansas City. Ended up in Kansas City. Couldn't find a place to stay. You know, stay. I mean, it was diff very difficult. I looked at about 200-some houses. I couldn't do it. My first year here, I had to. I had a house there off of I-70, and I brought my family down, and they was there for a month. Couldn't we couldn't live there. Right. Sent them back. They stayed up there while during the season. I I huffed it out, and then next thing I do, uh, the next year I found a place there. I got with the uh, the Robinson. You know where uh, Satchel Page Stadium? Yes. Uh huh. And I got to work with some guy. We built. Put it up a, a new apartment building right in mm -hmm. next to Satchapay. So I stayed there for about a year and a half, and uh, ended up. Trying, I got to go buy a house. I looked out Lee Summit, Grandview. Then I went down past uh, 63rd Street. Mm -hmm. I went down past there out Grandview. Then I ended up. I didn't know where Owen Park. Went out in the Owen Park and all. Of, I mean, I look at the house and hey, I like this house, you know. The house is sold. They I, told you the house was sold. Well, they said, hey, yeah, they said the house is sold. I leave when I leave, and I call them. I say, what about the house? They said, no, they sold the house. 
you know, it's every house, every every house I looked at, they sold. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> they sold about two hundred fifty houses because of me. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that went on and on. You know, no, you couldn't do it. And I finally looked at a house on uh, out on Del Mar. Mm-hmm. In Overland Park, right? Overland Park, yeah. Prairie Village. Mm-hmm. Who lives down the street from me? Who is down the street on Del Mar? I'm not sure. Oh, you got you to gotta know that. Was it Hank? Yeah. It was Hank. Was right there. <laughs> he was about right. four blocks down <laughs> on Del Mar. So I looked at a house on Del Mar. Uh, brand new house. Looked at it. I wrote a check. Gave a guy... And the first guy that showed it, that guy that showed me the house, that was his first house. He just passed the, he just got his license. And I, sh- he showed the first house to me, his license. I looked at it, four bedrooms. I said, I'll take it. Signed the check, signed the paper. He jumped up and down and went back down to Crow Brothers and said, hey, guys, look. I you just sold this it. house. I sold the first house I showed and he jumped, they said, wow, who did you sell to? We sold, I sold it to a cheap player. Everybody said, oh, man, that's great, great. They was hollering, screaming, and oh, until, and the guy said, well, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? And the, and the guy that ran the plate, the, the head manager of the thing, mm-hmm. he's in his office. He said, oh, yeah, Bobby Bell. And the door, boom. <laughs> and the guy comes out and said, you can't sell that house, son. That's what he told the guy. He said, why? He said, hey, man, here it is, paperwork. He's already got it. He's got his loan and everything ready to go. And the guy said, you can't sell that house, son. So I, I waited a, two, a week, two weeks, and I, the guy said, you know, no, you don't have no problem. I'm shipping my stuff down, thinking, because all I, all I need was the address. And right. And the guy, a week went by. I work for General Motors. He finally called me and said, Bobby, meet me down in the plaza for lunch. I met him down in the plaza for lunch. He said, I can't sell you the house. They won't let me sell you the house. I went, oh, why not? I said, he gave you, what's wrong? Can't sell it. He didn't know how to approach me. No, I know. What to say. Exactly, yeah. He didn't know how to. He was embarrassed. And uh, that went on. But he went and told the owner, I mean, the guy that built the house, the builder, Lake Taylor told him, say, hey, sold your house. He, the guy said, oh, yeah, who you sell? Bobby Valens. Yeah. I said, guy said, okay, fine. You know, he plays for the Chiefs. He said, oh, that's no problem. Sell it. Right. That went on for about three, two weeks, three weeks. And uh, I get a phone call later from Taylor, the guy that built the house. Him and his wife came over there in Satchel Page, in the, down there on the thing, <laughs> pulled in there. Sit in my living room and say, I don't know what to tell you. He said, but you can get the house from me. You you have your lawyer. I have my lawyer. He said, draw up the papers like I'm rich. I'll, I'll rent the house to you. It can't stop me. I'll rent your house till you get it straightened out. He, I said, I got my truckload coming down mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. He said, hey, me and my wife said, you can have the house. They blackballed him for that. Wow. And I talked to his son about about two, three or four months ago. You know, he, I, I talked to him. 
But he passed away, man. And I, I ended up moving there in the neighborhood, you know. <laughs> was it tough at first? Oh, yeah, it was tough. You know, but the neighbors just saying, that, oh, man, that, oh, everything's going down. Yeah, right. Everything, we, we, we can't have none of that's going on. And they had a meeting. You know, they had a big meeting. You know, they, they, they gave the kids the, the flyers to pass out to oh, all the house. Gosh. They were having a big meeting. We had a call a big meeting, homeowners meeting. The kid put one on my door. <laughs> 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 he didn't know. He didn't know. <laughs> right. Put it on my door. So I waited until they all got in there. and I They went, got into the meeting, right? Yeah, they got all in the meeting, getting ready to start the meeting. I knocked on the door. I said, hey, guys, come on, let me open the door. and goes in, open the door, and they go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh. He said, well, I tell you what. We just said, uh, everybody's not here, so we're going to have to call them. Oh, here. wow. I said, it looks like everybody's here to me. <laughs> you know, they called the meeting. The, the, the amazing thing, you were not intimidated, that's for sure. You just no. weren't, you know, th- that's just not you, no. you know, to get a wrong righted. What really upset me is that when they poisoned my dog in my neighborhood. I didn't know I had a St. Bernard, and the dog, everybody loved him. The kids would come take a walk, and you know, I had a, a gated, I had a fence to lock. The, the kids would come by and do it. But somebody in the neighborhood decided to, you know. Yeah. And I was at training camp. I was at training camp. And I told Buck, I said, Buck, something's wrong. I told him, I said, you tell Coach Stram, I'm going home. I got a problem something. Something's wrong. And you just I, had a feeling. I had the feeling. I drove up from Liberty, Missouri, came in and pushed a button on my garage door. My dog... Puppy toe can come in the back door through the garage into the house. And her, her house, we had a half bath off the kitchen, mm-hmm. tile floor. That's where she would lay. Big old St. Bernard. Wow. And when I pushed the button, she was laying there in the garage. And I'd say, oh, man, what's wrong? Because, hey, I spent a lot of money on keeping her. And the veteran, you know, took care of it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that breaks and, my heart. Oh man, it was. And next thing I know, I the bet said, I said, what was wrong? He said, nothing. Your dog's in good shape. He did an autopsy, found that she was poisoned. Yeah, yeah. God, I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, yeah that, so. that's well, you know, and all those none of those things chased you away. So yeah. that, I think that's that's the biggest thing. My two kids went to Trailwood out there on ninety fifth yeah. Street. Yeah, they you know went to school there, and. Uh, so hey, went to school. Yeah, you know they, you know, on my way now, ninety fifth Street, Swope Park was a training facility. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, yeah. Every time I went down ninety fifth Street to practice, I come home, head down ninety fifth Street, going out to Swope Park where before I get to State Line. Here comes, ah. here comes a cop car. Yeah, pulls me over. Yeah, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Yeah, let me see your license. I said, oh, I'm going to practice. Got to go. Okay. Mm. Couldn't do anything. Then I go, boom. And sometimes the guy say, he's on his way, and they'll stop me twice before I go. I did that until I got teed off one day, and I told him. The guy stopped me. I went down to Lee Woods and told the guy. That's right. Lee Woods. I said, hey. I walked in. I said, hey, the next time you guys stop me, I said, you better bring your troops. 
because I said it's going to be a big fight going on. Yeah. I said, you guys are harassing, you, you can't do it. And the guy's sitting there, and you can hear and in the office, everything, you know. Everything stopped. Stop. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can hear a rat pissing on cotton in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was so quiet, you know. And now I was, I mean, my voice was going in, and the guy said, uh, I'll check into that. This is not going to happen. I say, I'm letting you know right now. And I walked out. <laughs> the next time somebody stopped me, I was down on Leewood. I come down, pulled over. And the guy said, uh-oh, this is about two or three weeks later. I, the guy pulls up, license. I said, what, what did I do? Give me your license. I said, what did I do? I gave him your license. He goes back there in the dispatch. He called his number and said, check this guy out. Black guy sitting up here, you know, check him out. And the guy said, who is it? He said, Bobby. He said, Bobby Bell. He said, go take his license back and give it to him. <laughs> and tell him, you apologize. I said, hey, man, I'm sorry. I stopped you. He said, don't do it. And this guy came back up and said, here you go, Mr. Bell. Take your license. He said, uh, mistake. You know, you can go. You can go. <laughs> Get wow. me out of there. Okay, what, what did I do? Uh, no, everything looked okay. Ghost. Never stopped me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Lamar Hunt, too, um, that didn't stop him. And you were a great mentor for the rest of the guys who followed you in to the Kansas City Chiefs coming, you know, African-American players, okay, who were going to make the real difference for the Kansas City Chiefs back in those days uh, to, to, uh, to, to, you know, to let them know, you know, we're going to stand up to this and we're not going to do this anymore. And you're here. This is our football team. He's our coach. He's our owner. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get this thing. Uh, we're going to do this and do it the right way. Well, I, you know, I tell people all the time the best thing that ever happened to the NFL is Lamar starting the AFL. Yes. That's the best thing, especially for the blacks. It, it wouldn't be where it is today, and I tell people that all the time. And because at that time, they they NFL people try to blackball. They try to blackball me because uh, anything I try to do, you know, they they try to black. Because I was one of the first guys that comes up, right? And then went to the All Star game. You know, you should have, you know, about the, the All Star in '63. We beat the Green Bay Packers. Right. We had about 17 or 18 blacks there on the team. On the team, right? And uh, the, the Packers, but I didn't can't remember hardly one back in the days uh, with Vince Lombardi. There, or, there were a couple, but it wasn't predominant. No, no, no. It, it was the story is you no. Know, I've been around too long, you know, and I got the opportunity to meet a lot of the blacks and stuff that came out before me and after me, you know, in the same time, you know, and that year in 1963 went to uh, Chicago and beat the Green Bay Packers there. Right. Dave Robinson, right. tight end for Penn State, All-American, black. Right. At the All-Star game, uh, Otto Graham told me that I couldn't play. He told Dave Robinson he couldn't play tight end. He, said, nah. he made me go down and play linebacker instead of tackle. He called Coach Woman and Coach Stram told him, you 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 guys wasted your money. This guy ain't no good. And for some reason, I don't know what happened there. He also told me to go play linebacker. Leroy Jordan was the middle linebacker. Oh gosh. Okay, I went down there. I'm standing there watching the guy play. I you know I watch him. I I see what he's doing. That's how I learned. 
Next thing, Dave Robinson's down there. He's playing linebacker. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's lost. <laughs> he, he's out there, too. And he, next thing you know, wow. Guess who we end up playing in the game and beat the Green Bay Packers? Leroy Jordan was a middle linebacker. We, me and Dave Robinson pushed the other two linebackers out. Right. We kicked them all over the field. All over the field. And Dave Robinson told me at the Hall of Fame a, a few years ago, about, about 10 years ago, told me, he said, I want to tell you the story about what Vince Lombardi said to the group. Because he went to Green He was drafted by Green Bay. Right, he was. He went there, you know. Mm -hmm. He said, Vince Lombardi walks into the locker room. I mean, walks in that room, in the meeting room with everybody after we done beat the crap out of him, the All-Star. He walks in there and sat down. He said, God darn you guys, I'm going to tell you something. He said, if I had that other team, that, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the college all-stars, with them players, I will win the championship for the next five years and walked out the door and slammed the door. <laughs> and I said, well, why would he say that? And Dave said, I don't know, man. He scared everybody to death, you know. We had about 17 blacks that played the whole game, right. running backs, you know. Terry Baker. Yeah, he was a quarterback out of Oregon, right? Oh, yeah. Oregon State, Oregon, was, Oregon State, one of the two. He's the one that beat <laughs> me out for the uh, Heisman. Yes, right. He, that was his year, yeah. He he never played. Never. He, he didn't play in the All-Star game. Vanderkill got most valuable player. He's a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Baker never got in the game. Amazing. Some never got in the bank, but he's supposed to be the – yeah, that's what, I mean. That's a and I checked into the All Star game. Guess who played in the All Star game back then? Nick, Jim Brown played in the All Star mm -hmm. game. He never played in the All Star game. They, Van Brocken would not play. Wouldn't him. let him play. Would not let him play. Yeah. And the, and the difference By, now is Bobby Mitchell played in the All Star. That's right. He never got a chance to play. Leroy Kelly played in the All Star. We were sitting at the table at the house at the Hall of Fame, and we started talking. I can name you five guys, blacks, never played in it, and all of us are sitting there in the, the Hall of Fame. Right. It's absolutely amazing. And that's what happened there. You know, you got uh, Tony Donji. I recruited him at Minnesota as quarterback. Tony Donji. He went to Pittsburgh. Yeah. He. Play defensive back. He went. They wouldn't play him quarterback. Sandy Stevens came out. Cleveland Brown said, "No, they're not going to play you." Jim Brown called Sandy and said, "You're in. You're not going to play quarterback." Sandy said, "I'm going to play quarterback." He went to Canada and won the Great Cup three mm -hmm. years in a row. Right. Warren Moon did the same thing. Yeah, Warren Moon before he came down here because they wouldn't let him play. Wouldn't yeah, he said, "I want to black play athlete play quarterback." Yeah. It, <clears throat> you know, that that was the thing. You know, I I tell people that I say, man, the best thing ever was Lamar starting the AFL. Yeah. And also, I've been to every Super. I've been to all the Super Bowl games. I played in the first and played in the fourth, and I've been to them all. Last year, I went to the. This past year, is the best I've seen. I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. I sat in the stands in the end zone down there, and the the, the mirror sat behind me. And I went. I was supposed. I was going upstairs. I didn't go. I stayed there and watched the game, jumping up and down with the fans and, yeah, and sure. going to the bar. Wait for the 10 hours to get to the bathroom and stuff like that, you know. 
to see two black quarterbacks play at the Super Bowl. That's the top of my right there, man. I, that's it. I couldn't believe it. And they can't do it. And that's what happened, you know. And that's why the Chiefs had it all. We had, what, look at the quarter, look at the blacks that came, Lamar. That's what the AFL started recruiting all sure. the blacks. Buck They're all Cannon, Americans. Willie Lanier. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the list is. Emmett Thomas. I said, I asked Emmett these Thomas. guys, where they come? Well, we came, we came to Kansas City. We came to the AFL because, hey, they were players. They didn't care. Players. Right. That's what happened. I know guys that went to Green Bay. They said we got one, we got two blacks. He said we can't take three. Bobby Mitchell was the first black uh, player at Washington Redskins. Didn't even play. Couldn't play. It's amazing stuff. And yeah. you and you laid the groundwork for a lot of that. And you know, you you had, you know, you you told the story about uh, about the house buying situation. But for you, you stayed here. I mean, you could have, you could have gone, you could have gone anywhere, basically live. But you know, we and we talk about this that there's just something about Kansas City. Well, you know, you you stayed here and you lived here and you've done all these. I didn't want to run. Why run from stuff? You know, you can run all over the place. You know, (laughs) you know, I, I, what what are you gonna do? You know, during the uh, Martin Luther King got shot. You know, Stram. We had we had our guys go out and talk to the people. Don't be rude. Don't be tearing up the city. Don't be doing it. We walked out there. We we were all over the city. Right. And we mingled with the people. Right. I mean, we were all over the city. I mean, the fans could come up to us all the time, you know. We live in a neighborhood, you know. You you, you meet everybody. Hey, we, we're not going to bite nobody. We, I mean, I lived out. I went out in the Owen Park. I, th- I, probably, I think I was the first black to move out there. I got bucked uh, to come out there. You know, and Leewood, I looked at a house in Leewood, and I couldn't do it. And (laughs) (laughs) I had guys go out there that were going to buy the house and, you know, sell it to me, you know. So I said, no, we don't need that, you know. We got to stop this. We got to stand up for ourselves. Absolutely. And and the plaza, you know. Oh, my gosh. You go down the plaza. You couldn't do it. They had a red zone. I, I mean, I went through all that stuff. You know, I said t- I tell people all the time. I said, "Don't tell me how to what it's like." I, hey, I came from the south. I rode in the back of the bus. I had bathroom. You couldn't go. A water fountain. You couldn't go. I couldn't even walk in the restaurants. You eat, you know. And I said, you know, two years ago they gave me the key to the city and show me anything I want. And the first time, the first time. I mean, I'm I tell, I'm no, I'm all over the place, but. The, the first time I went home one time from Minnesota, my brother picked me up at the airport. My senior, I think it was my senior year or something. I, I said, I guess get some barbecue, Red Bridges barbecue. And, and we coming from Charlotte on 74. In fact, the restaurant's still there. And I, he pulled up, my brother, he's a he passed away, God rest his soul, about two months ago. And he pulls up in front of he pulls up in Red Bridges. I jumps out without even thinking. I jumped out. I said, oh, man, I got to get some of this barbecue and ran in the front door. <laughs> <laughs> I ran in the front door of the place, you know, and I hit the door, boom, and my brother go, hey, boy, where you going? You can't go in there. I said, I didn't even think. I did not think. I ran in there. When I walked in, the people that was there, and I've been, I worked there until I went to college. Mm-hmm. And, and Miss Bridger was running the cash register. She said, oh, 
Bobby, you know. She didn't realize. She ran up and gave me a hug <laughs> without even thinking. And everybody in the restaurant was packed, you know. All the and everybody started, ha, oh, Bobby, dog, yeah. And everybody, everybody just stopped, just freeze, yeah. you know. Everybody dropped their brisket. Yeah, they go, they go, <laughs> oh. And, and everybody started asking the waitress, who is that? Don't you know that's Bobby Bell? He's one of us. I'm one of them now. Unbelievable. You have done just, uh, we're so glad you're here and that yeah. you stayed here and we've kept you long enough. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you're one of the reasons that uh, that I've that we started this podcast because uh, there's people like you that live here and have made your home here despite well, everything else that happened to you because there uh, there is just something about Kansas City. Bobby, I appreciate your time. Love you, man. You're a great you, guy. Hey, I man. know my, my wife just loves you to death. And before I let you go, I will say it was four or five years ago that you were the first one. My wife comes. She just started talking to you and all this stuff. And you just and she said, you know, you could probably live anywhere you want to live. You know, you're Bobby Bell and, uh, you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame and et cetera, et cetera. And she asked, she said, why would you stay in Kansas City? And you said, because there's just something about Kansas City. And yeah. that's where this all came something from. Something about so. it's people. It's the people. You got some good people here, but you got some bad ones, too. Oh, yeah, in every city. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, though, you know, I enjoy it and got a lot of friends here. And the thing that I enjoy is that I can get, you know, like other day I walked out, you know, and I haven't seen some of these people in a long time. They go, ah, you remember me? And uh, I said, well, back back when I moved out in Owen Park. (laughs) <laughs> they go, yeah. Yeah, we're your they, neighbor. But the, that's, <laughs> you just said it. They, they say, was your neighbor out there? And you, your son, you know, at Trailwood, you know. He said, we you look, I had a swimming pool. I put in a swimming pool. And they used to come swim. I told them they used to go swim in my food. They're going to have to keep cleaning, you know. And I had guys that cut the grass. Mm-hmm. And the kids that cut my grass, he said, can me my kid? Family come, you know, my brother and stuff comes swims after we get through and stuff. I say, yeah, you can do that. I don't care. So one day I pulled up to the house, you know. I said, I heard all this noise, you know. I went out, I looked out my patio, I looked out. There's about six, seven, eight people out there in the pool, nine, ten. I go, wait a minute. I said, hey, man, I asked you to invite the neighbor. He said, no, these are all my brothers. <laughs> I said, okay. He said, we'll get ready to leave. I said, no, that's okay. You know. God bless you, man. Oh, man. Hang yeah. in there. We love you. All right, I love you, man. I all love right. the city. I love the city. I'm still here. I'm, hey, man, I've been here, God, I'm my 60-some years, man. Yeah, I've been here since 81. It's, uh, it's, it's home. Yeah. It is home. And, guess, and the thing about it, you know, look at the people that leave, some of the players that leave and go play somewhere else, and you end up coming they back here. They all come back here. <laughs> you know why? Because there's just something about Kansas City. Kansas City. Thank you, Bobby Bell. All right.